Now playing comes a podcast from two brothers. My name is Christian Durant. And I'm Pedro Durant. About the movies that raised them. When I die, uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? From the laugh out loud comedies to the explosive 90s action flicks. Welcome to Earth. The heartwarming animated classics to the tear jerking Oscar bait dramas. You know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. And now, grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. My name is Christian Duran. And I am Petro Duran. And we are the Duran Brothers. Every week we talk about get on here and talk about the movies that raised us the movies that made us who we are and being brothers usually probably the same movies just about yeah Mm. i think we have for the most part uh, yeah yeah for the most part yeah i mean cry baby aside uh yes (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah um i mean here's the big one the the Mm -hmm. most i would probably say the most formative movie of my young life. I don't remember a time before this movie, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was born after. It's just always been in my life, even like the ones that came out later, which still makes sense. And the movie is Back to the Future. Mm. Uh, and Back to the Future 2 mm-hmm. and Back to the Future 3. Mm-hmm. Um, those movies have like, we just always had them. That's, right. that's all I remember. I mean, uh, the original one came out in 1985. I was born in 86. So, yeah. you know, whatever. And then and I, I was born in 84. Two, so, right. And two came out in 89, if I'm not mistaken. And I think yep. three came out in 90 or 91. Probably. Uh, I think 90 because they shot them back to back. They so they just back. released them, you know. That's the first time I ever heard of that. Um, sequels being shot back to back. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movies. I know it's one of yours. I mean, you have a tattoo. That's right. <laughs> I have a tattoo of the DeLorean on my arm. People ask me all the time. Cause I don't, I, you know, I, like, I, I don't like, I don't, not that I don't like to show them off. I just don't show them my bare arms that often. So then when I wear short sleeves, like yesterday it was really hot in town and I was wearing short sleeves or like a cut off shirt. People, people were like, Oh, you have a tattoo. People I work with, they were like, I didn't know you had tattoos. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't, yeah. why would I, why would I talk to you about that? <laughs> and then they, what is it? What is it? And it's like, Oh, it's a car. And I say, it's a DeLorean. And then I got to explain yeah. to them it's from back to the future. So yeah, I have posters. I have the back to the future monopoly game around here somewhere. Um, I have tons of little models. Like every, you know, every year, uh, people will buy me for like a default gift of Back to the Future memorabilia. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have like uh, Doc and Marty Lego form. I have uh, a, a small model size of the DeLorean here. Um, I have a bunch of Funkos of, you know, Back to the Future characters. Mm-hmm. Um, my dog's name Einstein, which is, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, other other stuff around the house that I just have that I've just collected over the years. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty uh, important important movie for me. Do you remember the first time you watched it? Can you no, remember that? Absolutely not. I absolutely not. I don't remember the first time I watched it. I mean, it's one of the, like I said, it's one of those things that I just it's just been in my life for so long. 
Yeah. I, I couldn't even tell you the first, like the first time I watched it. I, 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 yeah, I, I couldn't know. I mean, I know the earliest, um, I mean, the earliest copy that we had was mm-hmm. of, of particularly Back to the Future 2 and Back to the Future 3, I think. We had a copy yeah. of it recorded off, I think, NBC yeah, um, the with ABC the commercials. News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the commercials the and ABC everything. News. Yeah. You know who that is? The, um, the dude who did, did the voice in that is Ernie Anderson, who is Paul Thomas Anderson's dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the voice of ABC um, movie. Like ABC movie night. Oh, and now okay. back to the future too. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. It's funny because like, I still remember, I remember I've seen that movie so many times, especially back to the future Two, from the VHS, you know, um, recording from TV mm-hmm. that I know it still. I like, I know the edits, you know, like the, where they, where they go to commercial break? bad words. Oh, yeah, yeah. gotcha. When they cut out the bad words, like, um, when Marty uh, is on the hoverboard and he escapes the gang and they all like fly into the clock tower uh-huh. and then he get he jumps in the water and they miss him and they go, wow. Yeah. And then he gets up and like sees the damage in yeah. the movie. He goes, holy shit. But in the VHS dub, he goes, holy sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always remember that. Yeah. Well, I remember too. Remember when right before, right before that, when he sees a little girl because it was a VHS VHS uh, mm-hmm. tape and it was run to the ground after a while. So yeah. he, he grabs uh, the little girl, little girl, little girl, I need to see your, and because it was messed up at that point, he, the, the tape screwed up. So he goes, yeah. Hoverboard. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I always remember that scene. It was like, hey, little girl, little girl, I need to watch her. I need to get to her. Hoverboard. And so yeah. I, when I watch my Blu-ray copy, I'm always <laughs> like, that's the way I remember it. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Um, that's funny. But yeah, yeah. It was just, I don't know, man. I just, it was a movie that we watched a, 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 a bunch, a bunch as a kid. And I mean, we talked a little bit before and I, I did a rewatch this week, just looking at it and really analyzing it in preparation for, to, to talk about it. But yeah, it's, 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 it's great. I mean, you know, well, the thing about it is, you know, like Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, they didn't plan on making sequels for the original Back to the Future. It was yeah. just, obviously it was a big success, one of the biggest movies of that year. So the studio Universal was like, you guys are making a sequel. That's yeah. it. And they said, I saw an interview there. It's like, you we're making, basically Universal said to them, we're making a sequel with or without you. So yeah. You know, so, so they said, let's, let's make it, we're going to make a sequel and they were trying to figure it out. And that's why they ended up in the future because in the end of the first one, they were like, we're going to the future. That's how they ended up in 2015. And then they came up with the plot of, you know, Biff stealing the almanac and becoming rich and, and all these things. But what I saw in the interview, what was interesting, well, how they come up with that idea is because, you know, they were. And that now is famous, um, a famous Hollywood story. But Crispin Glover, who plays um, George McFly, he, you know, he wasn't satisfied with the ending of Back to the Future One. Yeah, I, I remember I heard him in an interview where he he didn't like it. He said the messaging was off. Yeah, well, he said it was too like capitalistic, which yeah, I can agree. Yeah, which you, you, there's, yeah, yeah. Right. You watch it now, and it's and you think about it it's the Reagan era. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. so what, so how do you show that the, the McFlies are better off in life? Well, now they're, they're all kind of yuppies. They're, you know, mom and dad are playing tennis in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, what's his, uh, um, Dave, Dave McFly Dave. is in a suit. 
Yeah. yeah, like you never say he's not. He's like, I'm going to the office. He was like, Marty, I always wear a suit to the office, you know. Yeah. Um, but they're all like, yeah, they're all have money. <laughs> and then when yeah. Marty, particularly, he gets the truck. He gets that big truck that he he was uh, pining for in the in the beginning of the movie. So yeah. It's very capitalistic and stuff. So that's what um, Crispin Glover didn't care for. So when they asked him to come to um, uh, for the sequel, I guess he asked for an extreme amount of money, and they're like, "No." So then they were well, figuring. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. no. <right? laughs> that okay. movie is too capitalistic. It's too capitalistic. I'm not going to do it. We want you for I'll a come sequel. Come back for the sequel for yeah, fifty million dollars. He yeah. wanted to make as much as Mar. Uh, Michael J. Fox, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And they were like, no. So what do they do? They say, all right, we'll just kill off the character. And that's how Bob Gale was like, well, if we kill off the character, why are we have to why do we why are we gonna kill off the character? Well, how about Biff kills him and you know, that was the genesis of that alternate nineteen eighty five. Okay, maybe Biff has is rich and powerful, but how do you become how do you become rich and powerful? Well, they have to end up in the future anyway. And how yeah. about he knows some f- information about the future, which makes him rich and powerful. Boom. That's why they came up with the almanac and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So that, so that's the genesis of some of that. I, I, one thing about that movie and, and compared to another movie about the future that came around at the same time, Blade Runner, you know, Blade Runner is a, a dystopian yeah. future. And this mm-hmm. was one of the first time I've seen in a movie that the future was nice. And they said, and I saw yeah. in the interview, he said, when we, when we want to do our future, two things, a, we wanted to always present Hill Valley as a nice place to live. So we didn't want yeah. it to do, uh, we didn't, they didn't want to do a dystopian bleak future, which ironically they did that with the alternate 1985. The, yeah. the, the, the present was actually the, the, the one that was really, you know, broken down and bleak. And so it's that they always wanted to present Hill Valley as a nice place to live that, you know, you have your family and, and, and all these things. And then the other aspect of it was, of course, they had no idea what the future was going to look like. They tried to make it as ridiculous as possible. So it's very tongue in cheek. So you couldn't fault them that much for getting mm-hmm. things wrong. I watched after I saw that interview and I watched it again this week, I can see what they mean because that first guess hour when they're in the future is very tongue in cheek. The the high point is when Marty McFly walking in Hill Valley um, sees, you know, that hologram for was it Jaws 19 directed mm-hmm. by Max Spielberg, the the, mm-hmm. jaw, uh, the hologram comes out, goes to attack him and he says still looks fake. You know what I mean? It, like it, yeah. it's just so like so in your face, tongue in cheek, trying to be silly. Then I was like, oh, okay, I see the tone. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So that's why they were, that's why, and, the, and, and their argument is that's why we can get away with, you know, hoverboards and people wearing like colorful camouflage hats, um, yeah. people wearing their pants, pockets inside out, because it's just so ridiculous anyway that you can't fault them for um, for how they, they depicted the future. Yeah, if you just make a huge joke of it, like you're never wrong really because you're not trying to be... Right. Yeah. I mean, that one, Back to the Future 2 is my favorite of the three. Mm. And it's funny that you say that, like, that the initial plan wasn't what it what they ended up doing, because it's like everything I love about that movie is so is the future stuff and the alternate history stuff. It's like mm. the actual like time, the logistics of time travel and the explaining of time travel and like the science behind it actually kind of makes sense. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know if like a physicist would be like, this is bullshit, dude. But like, to me, I was like, no, this all works. Like the idea of a a split timeline is totally makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, and but so they don't overcomplicate so that, it. That's what that's great about they it. Literally draw it on a chalk chalkboard. It's good. <laughs> Here's a chalkboard, you dummies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's always good. Like you, you always have to find ways to just get this exposition across yeah. to people. And uh, I mean, look, if I didn't have that chalkboard, I might not get it either. Yeah, but yeah. It was perfectly explained. That was my problem with Interstellar. <laughs> they didn't have oh, a chalkboard. Yeah. No chalkboards, yeah. No Jurassic Park video to watch. Before. No, yeah. It's great. And it's also like kind of, it's a genius sequel because it goes back into the original mm. and recontextualizes some things from the original. You see certain moments from the original movie at a different angle. Mm-hmm. It gives it like a, an interesting perspective when Marty goes back to the dance later mm-hmm. and has to like basically save himself from getting jumped so that he can make it back to the future yeah so for the first movie yeah it's a yeah. brilliant movie like that yeah. future is like genius on like three levels of like yeah. the first one is the opening future part the middle is the um and the thing is, is they could have just stayed in the future too you know yeah they could have they could have just done the whole sequel in the future but they don't and that's why it's like it really interesting about it it's like what an hour into the future and they actually just stay longer because they just have one mission they want to save uh, Marty McFly Jr. from you know ruining his life, and, right. but what happens because Jennifer gets mistaken for the future Jennifer, and then they have to rescue her, and that's why they ended up staying longer in the future, and uh, it, it moves along the plot of the almanac and all that stuff. Yeah, because I remember, and I, I don't know if you just said this, but where Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis is like, if we knew we were going to have to write a sequel, we wouldn't have done the future, if I think mm. that's what it was. Right. And we wouldn't have had Jennifer go in the car. Yeah, exactly. it was just like two story complications that were like, yeah. we don't need to be here. But yeah. like, even, it, even when you think about the future, the plot from the future, kind of ridiculous. Because it's like, why would you go into the future to stop his son? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I guess they explained it. Cause he goes like, uh, at this point, this is the, the event that like causes all this chaos and turmoil mm. in your son's life in your, that future. But it's also like, I don't know, like fixing a problem in the future that hasn't happened yet is like a weird idea. It's just like, yeah. you can just tell him now to like, yeah. hey, watch out for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, on this yeah. day. Right. Cause he's still going to have to do that eventually. Yeah. Like he's yeah. still going to have to go back to that I- day. I guess the, the the logic is how Doc always says, you, knowing too much about your future, you should never do that. So yeah. I guess it's a thing of if he tells Marty in the 1980s that your son, da da da, in his mind, Marty is going to be like, I'm going to have a son. And it might yeah. just like fuck up future stuff because he's right, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to fuck up, you know, I'm going to have a son and I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed, that's not how it's supposed to be. It needs to be this way, so forth and so forth. So maybe it does work out that they just do it at that point in time they interfere i guess in that point of time to you know prevent that future from happening yeah and i guess it's a and, and in doc's plan he goes you just go into the cafe and just say no just say no yeah. and that's, that's it. it and it, it makes sim- it seems simple enough but who knows but then also he does open out a can of worms if if doc is going to do that how come he just doesn't tell marty Hey, flee from the red hot chili peppers. It's gonna, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna, uh, yeah, it's going to uh, uh, try to get you to drag race and it's gonna fuck up your life. So just don't right. do it. But they, in that interview too, they said they wanted they 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 wanted to give Marty um, some character development. So some that's arc, yeah, yeah, an arc. So that's why they added the the family thing, but also that 
in Back to the Future 2 is the first instance of him, um, the whole chicken thing. Like he doesn't want to be considered a chicken, you know? Yeah, because so yeah, if you watch the first movie and considering that like, if you watch the first movie and the second movie goes directly into the first movie and the third movie goes directly into the second movie. Mm-hmm. So like really like he's been time traveling for a week, but it yeah. was like, I mean, from the time he left to the time he got back, it was like, it was just a day, know. just a morning. Yeah. Because he, he came back at night. He came back the night that he left and he woke he spent up a week. Yeah. He spent a week in the a week 1960s, in 1955, 55. Came yeah. back to the, came back 1985, to the time that he went, 85. Yeah. And like, so it was a couple of hours. Home. Yeah. Doctor of him home. And then, and then that morning, morning, yeah, he goes into the future, comes back. Why did he come? Why did they come back at night? Remember what that? do you, what do you mean? So, oh, because he, remember they picked up Jennifer and then they go to the ninth alternate 1985, but it's right. nighttime and then alternate 1985. You know what I mean? Like what's, that doesn't really make sense. Like, yeah, did, he should have wanted. I they, think he, I guess unless it's the same time, the same later that day, or earlier that, like, or the night before. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. Like, it can't be the night before because if he came the night before, there yeah, is a version of Marty, yeah, there that hasn't been picked yeah. up by Doc <laughs> and sure, setting yeah, off yeah. the events of the. Yeah, so it has yeah. to be the night the the night of. The night of, yeah. So they just lost that day. All right. Yeah. So basically, and then he comes back. When does so he the come alternate back? 1980 comes? Wait, when when does he come back to 1985? They go, yeah, they go to. He doesn't come back to 1985 until the end of Back to the Future Three. Right, but and the then same that's morning, the morning. The, 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 like maybe a few hours late or a few minutes or hours later after Doc has picked him up for the events of nineteen of Back to the Future Two, because remember yeah. he's dressed up as well. Maybe it's a well. Maybe it's. A couple of days later, I have to watch it again because because his brother comes out and says that you when you he's dressed up as a cowboy he goes you wore that to yeah. the lake, so yeah. maybe it's the night after because they all think that he went to the lake with Jennifer. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why, man. Because you wore that to the lake, and he's like, yeah, well, you're dressed like a cowboy. Back to the Future Three is not like my so, favorite. Really? Why? I just I remember I know, that's what saying. everyone says, but I, I'll, I'll I'll argue with okay. okay. I remember as a kid being very frustrated with the story thing of like a get, finding Doc and then getting him like getting him back to the future or back to yeah back well, to the there, future. Well, there, there's their yeah to back to their future. I always I don't know what it was about that movie, but I just felt like everybody's like, all right, we're just like hanging out in the in the 1880s for a while, and like yeah. I guess there's the ticking clock of like come Sunday morning I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, he's going to die. Seven o'clock. I like to do my killing before breakfast. Eight o'clock. I like to do my killing after breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I don't know why. I've never, it's the one I go back to the least. Mm. And it's the one, I don't know, it's just the least fun for me. I love Back to the Future 2 because of the future and the cool, the effects and stuff. Three is like, uh, it's just Western. And it's like Mm. kind of divorced from... 1955 story it's a little mm-hmm. divorced from the 1980 story like it really i mean it's really all about doc the third mm-hmm. one and yeah i don't know i don't know if i i like it i i still like it i just like it's the one i go back to the least mm. okay yeah i mean 
I, I, I talk to a lot of people about it and they always, they always, they, people say, oh, so what's your favorite? And I say, I tell them, I just like all three of them. Why? Because I look at it now, especially uh, now I, I look at those movies like Kill Bill, you know, mm-hmm. Kill Bill volume one and volume two, but they are essentially one film. And that's what it yeah. is. And that's how I look at those movies. They are essentially one film. And like we were just saying, those events take place in the um, lives of Marty McFly and Doc Emmett Brown. And I mean, what, a week and then a couple of days. So maybe, and then they have another week in 1885, I think. So maybe in two weeks, but those events in real time, are taking place like in a day or a day and a half yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just look at it. It's just, it, I just look at it as one big a movie, one big adventure. And that's, and then I kind of look at it and it's like, I'm a little easier now on back to the future three when I look at yeah. it in that way. And knowing that, you know, there wasn't, there weren't really ever meant to be sequels. So if you look at that 1985, that's one adventure. And then because they, um, accidentally well marty accidentally goes back to the past thus setting off the events of 2015 and that's marty's story and then setting off now we need uh the dichotomy of emmett's story to be rectified i don't know i look at it like that and i i'm I'm eased up on back to the future three a lot more um I, I, I think it, it makes sense. They, it's a Western because I remember they were talking about possibly doing Back to the Future uh, 4 and uh, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis idiotically were thinking about sending them um, to ancient Rome, which I was like, why would you Thank do that? You. Yeah. yeah. Because A, you're, you're fucking up your your, your logistics or your, your, yeah. your law. Look, apparently, the up to that point, the DeLorean doesn't travel through space Space. just through time you know Mm -hmm. so it's not like you know uh, that classic movie black knight with martin lawrence where you know he falls into a pool or a Mm -hmm. lake in detroit and wakes up in medieval england you know so it makes sense that if they travel further back into time to the 1800s they're in a western because california was the West. Um, and you know, they, and, and they, and they hint on it in back to the future too. Cause it's a direct comedy. Oh, Doc Brown says, I always been interested in visiting the old West and, and all that stuff. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that they, that they do it. Um, um, and to be, if you look at it, that, that movie has some great stuff, has some great practical effects, that train sequence at the end. Yeah, um, that's really you know, good. Yeah, it's really good. And that's all model work too. That's really, yeah. it's really amazing. Um, the, the, the cowboy I, high noon kind of stuff where I will say, I love one of my favorite things about one and three is the, when they do the little test run of how the, their time travel plot's going to work with like the model. The yeah. With the model, yeah. he makes a model, a scale model of the town and he shows how, how this idea is supposed to work. Yeah. Well, it's also a good exposition for the audience too. Like they know yeah, what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Very clever. Expo- I, I, I'm like r- more and more I'm watching movies and just like marveling at how some people deal with exposition. Mm-hmm. It's like some people do it so well. Like I think I talked about this last time, but like minority report, is I just watched that and it's like genius, genius. When level he throws the ball, Colin. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, well, that's really the good. Whole, the whole like first 30 minutes is all exposition. And, uh, but like Colin Farrell is like the new guy. He just like transferred into the place. So mm-hmm. he's constantly asking questions about the mission that they're about to do. So while you're watching the mission that they're about to do, you're, they're explaining everything that's going on in the mission to yeah. him and you. Yeah. And you're just watching like this big action scene that they were already going to do, which if you had no context, you would not understand anything. But now they're setting up the entire movie and giving you context for this action sequence about like what is happening and stuff. And then it goes into that philosophical question where um, uh, Colin Farrell's kind of like doubting the whole or questioning the whole process. Yeah. And Tom Cruise throws the ball at him and he goes, why'd you catch that? Why'd you catch it? And he's like, cause it was going to fall. He's like, are you sure it was going to fall? You, you know, it was going to fall. He's like, mm. yeah, but you, and then he kind of realizes that he caught him. And it's like, ah, yeah, yeah. Spielberg, you bastard. Yeah, he's good. He's good. And also, I love when, it, when Colin Farrell is asking all those questions. It doesn't come off like weird or like, okay, we get it. Because he is the new guy. And the other guys that have been working at pre-crime for a while, it's kind of like, dude, we've been doing this is what our, our nine to five is every day this is what we do you're the new yeah. and you it's it's like a work a new work person and you're just kind yeah. of annoyed by them you're like you know yeah. like how do you guys uh, clock in and how do you guys yeah. also you guys use windows it's like yeah man yeah. so <laughs> and they're also they're also defensive because they know he's he's being brought in to like is like he ai or something or bugs. he's like no. qa qa Quality assurance. Oh, okay, yeah. Like okay, he's, yeah. He's they brought him in to like find any holes in pre-crime. Oh, yeah, because they're, they're gonna go all, nationwide, right? Because they're gonna go nationwide, and they're all like they're protective of it because they've been doing it, and they know it's like perfect, but they're all protective of it because it's like a, it's their job, yeah. And B, it's like they're all like dedicated to the cause in some in a way. Yeah. It's like they're weird. They're almost like Tom Cruise's boys in that movie, or like <laughs> they're like cult. Like people. Well, I yeah. I mean, that whole, that whole movie, t- I mean, they kind of touch on it. They call the, the three, I almost call them monsters, but the pre, the, pre-cogs, <laughs> the three, yeah. yeah, precogs. And they call that little area that they live in. It's called a temple or something. The temple. Yeah. 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 So, and then they, they do make, um, Colin Farrell does have a line where he goes like, Oh, so you guys are like the clergy, uh, clergy. He was like, well, this place is called the temple and you guys are something, something. He makes a religious um, association um, with their job that they're doing. And they, I mean, even the halo, they call him a halo when they put the thing on them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of that undertone there. That's really interesting. And now that you brought up that there are like these cult, you know, where they just follow um, blindly whatever Tom Cruise says. So it's it's really Mm -hmm. interesting. So. But um, yeah, anyway, but one thing I want to say, have you noticed in Back to, and there's new things about uh, Back to Future 3 that I want to say, do you notice like some hidden stuff? Like if you see Clara in the background a lot, did you notice that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah. when they're like planning out the train that yeah. you can see her like arrive in a town waiting for somebody to pick her up. Well, it's, it's, she's waiting for Emmett. Cause remember yeah, the yeah, mayor yeah. says, Emmett, you're going to pick up the, the new school teacher. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he plan, but he, he's playing anyway with Marty and he goes, yeah. Oh, this show Nash ravine is called, Clara and he explains it. And it was like, but, but, yeah. and he's stupid. Why didn't he put two and two together? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, dude, Marty comes back with a picture that says your beloved Clara 
Yeah. Right. And he's like, I don't know any Clara. And then the mayor says, you're going to pick up this woman named Clara. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're sitting at a map literally saying this like, oh, this map calls the ravine that I grew up with uh, show Nash ravine. When I grew up with it, it's always, I've always known it to be Clara. What is it? Is it Clara ravine or is it something? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Clara, Clara ravine. ravine. And then Marty but, tells him the story. Doesn't Afterwards, after they story? save him. Yeah. He goes, yeah. he goes, that's funny because when they're riding horseback and obviously doc is smitten with her, he goes, Oh, it's funny. Clara ravine almost fell down. Clara ravine. He goes, what shit? Oh, doc. Claire Ravine, we, we named it after school teacher, you know, a hundred years ago. hundred years ago? That's this year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're just putting the pieces together now? Like, yeah, I know. I thought you were a scientist. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, like, anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, we all joked about it because we always had a number of teachers that we can see that we always want to fall down the ravine. How morbid is that? <laughs> I know, really. Yeah, it's fucked up little high school. Yeah, no, well. Where they're playing rock and roll. <laughs> like, yeah. they're doing hard rock auditions. Yeah, well, it's the 1980s. They weren't, if it was, it was, uh, you know, April 20th, April 21st, 1999, it'd be a whole different story, so. Here's a question. Why did Strickland have such a fucking attitude? Like, why do you have such a hard on for Marty McFly? In the first one? Yeah, he was always like, you're a slacker. Well, like, in the context of the first one or in the context yeah, of all three films? All three, I guess. So there's a deleted scene that I saw in Back to the Future 3. So uh, you know, like his great-grandfather or whatever was like Marshall Strickland? Yeah. So in the scene in the movie, you see like an ancestor, maybe his Strickland's grandfather or something. But Marshall Strickland yeah. stops um, – Mad Dog Tannen from entering that festival, and he goes, "Remember, yep. discipline. Never give him an inch. Take him out. Give him discipline." And then he goes, "Remember that." And he goes, "Good boy," or whatever. There's a deleted scene where um, uh, Mad Dog Tannen is going into town for the showdown with um, um, with uh, Marty and Marshall Strickland and his son stop him, and he goes, "Biff, you, you know, uh, Mad Dog, you're not supposed to be here. You know, you got to drop your weapon." He goes, "All right, Str- uh, Marshall Strickland, I, I'll do it." And he, and he goes, uh, see, boy, you know, that's why you got to give him discipline. And then Mad Dog Tannen just shoots him in the back. Mm. And, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, Marshall Strickland just dies. And his dying words are to his son. He goes, discipline. Never give these, like, slackers an inch. They Give them discipline. Remember that, boy. And he goes, I will, Pop. I will. So it just, you know, it's just one of those yeah. things that gets passed down, passed down. So. Yeah, um, they could have cut that. Yeah, they did. I mean, yeah, it's fine. Because you get it as a um, yeah. audience member. You're just like, okay, it's just like, and especially in the context of the movie, you you just know like, okay, George in 1985 in the first one, George is a wimp because he's always kind of been a wimp, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, it has to be something with the McFly's like, because then in 2015, Marty McFly Jr. is kind of a, a wimp. And yeah. then Seamus too. He's, uh, yeah. he's, he's kind of, I want to say a wimp, but he's definitely not standing up for yeah. anything. Um, I come from but, timid stock. Yeah, but uh, he explains it. Seamus McFly explains it because his brother Martin McFly would mm-hmm. always stand up, and you know, I'm not being called a chicken. And then he goes got shanked in Ireland or whatever. Yeah, years ago, so that was kind of a thing. You know, I guess the ancestry was just like you know, we're just gonna not yeah. uh, um, be outspoken and stuff like that. One thing about back to Future three, that's a bummer that always kind of like doesn't sit well with me is 
that Leah Thompson is playing. I was just going to bring this up. Yeah. Marty McFly's great grandmother. You know, right, it's yeah. like, why do you have her play? Like, yeah, but he, the, but then Michael J. Fox plays Marty McFly's great, great, great grandfather or whatever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Great, great grandfather. Like, yeah. It, it's weird. It's like, wh- at what point does George McFly enter that? Because wouldn't George McFly be the, you know, the McFly, right? Right. He's the ancestor of Seamus McFly. Like Leah Thompson um Lorraine Baines. Baines, McFly. yeah. Yeah. So why, why does she look Leah like Thompson? why does she, yeah, why does she look like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, they should just yeah, it does it's just yeah. inbred though. Yeah, that's what <laughs> oh, that's what you have to believe then. Unless like I don't know, like she has a sister that came to she had some relative that came to Hill Valley too and then married some other yeah. guy, then you know Seamus what's Baines. up with everybody in that town just fucking staying there for that's another thing man what's 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 going on like they never <laughs> want to like, to like <laughs> San Francisco. Like, it's almost like you guys should be just losers because yeah that's why it makes sense and you guys in 1985 you guys are just losers because you've been living in that town for generations and also yeah. you've been living in that town for generations and you guys aren't like um I don't know, wealthy. founders of that town or wealthy yeah. off because like, you know, it's like the Roosevelt's, Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or the Kennedy's right. like yeah. you guys didn't do anything and you know, you guys have roots in that town and just, I don't know, man. So it's a very, very strange thing. So, so yeah, yeah. So is that, but uh, you know, the classic lines in back to the future, Maggie, we got a hurt mine here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was one time where I was sleeping. I was sleeping <laughs> I to bring this up. <laughs> and you came in. It was like a Saturday morning. You were already up. And you slapped me on the face like three times. You go, Maggie, we got a hurt man. Get some water out of here. <laughs> and I was like really mad, but I was also like, that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty good reference. <laughs> because it's annoying to be woken up, but it was, it was if you're going to do it, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I can reference that movie so many times. Like, you know, it's just, it's just all three of them, too. You know, it's just, yeah. It's just like classic. You know? I love that. And you don't get that with movies too. You know, those like classic lines where um, you, you just reference and you you ready you know what it, what it is. So I re- when movies were coming out, like I remember when Mission Impossible two came out, mm. like summer movies especially were so like the marketing for them, like mm-hmm. it was everywhere to the and like when I say everywhere, I mean like the MTV Movie Awards did a yep. parody of Mission Impossible with Ben 2. Stiller. With Ben Stiller, it was like hilarious, and yeah. like Mission Impossible Two was everywhere. Even for the first Mission Impossible, it was everywhere, and like there were like commercials parodying the famous like mountain climbing thing to the CIA. Scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just like they don't like the parodies now are like I guess on TikTok and Instagram, and they're yeah. not like well done. They're just like they're memes. Dude. Like really, yeah. that's where everyone's getting their kind of. Um, um, in, uh, their um, information or their um, their dosage of cultural reference, you know. So it's just it's yeah, because everyone has access to it, and you're following people that you know personally for the most part, most part, yeah. Um, and yeah, and they'll share that and 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 send those out. And they're easy to make. You don't have to yeah. get a camera crew and get Ben Stiller and Tom Cruise and their schedules together <laughs> to do a um, stuntman parody. You could just 
literally do it on your computer, put a caption on it and boom, there it is, you know? Um, yeah. So we just talked about, I mean, I, I realized we just talked about back to the future three and back to the future two. We haven't talked about the original mm. almost at all. Like okay. just tangentially, but like, that is uh and i just saw an interview with quentin tarantino where he said that is a perfect yep. movie it is like he considers it a perfect movie and it's like yep. i do too it's like the plot and everything it's just so tight and yep. it all fits and it all makes sense and yep. every piece works with every other piece yep. and like the emotional stakes at the end like all like coincide the the scene at the end is weird it's like um have you seen, you saw Ant-Man? Yeah, I just saw it yesterday. Okay, I'll, I'll talk to you about that in a second. But okay. I haven't seen Ant-Man. Okay. I'm assuming that it ends with a big CGI battle, right? Yes. Was it memorable? No, this is like, I've seen, right. yeah, it's like, it's, it's like just, any other Marvel CGI battle at right. this point. Yeah, what they've been doing. So the end, of, the ending of Back to the Future is not, it's a cool sequence, but there's not, it's not a fight. Mm. It's not, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's a, we got to accomplish this goal that may or may not work. And the, yeah. Forces and we have to nature. do it exactly at this time. Exactly at this time. And the forces of nature are against us. Yeah. And there's literally, literally a ticking clock. <laughs> there's literally a ticking clock. And that sequence is more breathtaking than, and more satisfying than any, yeah. than any Marvel fight scene at the end, other than Endgame, right? Yeah. Um, How about this? Every time I've seen the movie a million fucking times. And then for anyone that hasn't seen it, this is a spoiler. When Doc is up there and he's trying to connect the two cables on the clock tower and he finally connects it and the bottom half of the cable is connected. It's it's under a branch. And because he's connected it, it unplugs the other side. Yeah. I'm still like, fucking shit. Is he going to get like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, is he going to get it or not? Yeah. Yeah. And it's brilliant because then he gets it at exactly as yeah, the, the lightning moment. is coursing through it and he just yeah. kind of passes out gets it in there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he has a great art too of like, he's a scientist who can't make anything that works. And then mm-hmm. he finally, it works. I finally just, he's a guy who's lost his confidence and then he gets it back at the, the very end. Yeah. But he has to go through, oh man, it's like, I never really thought about his character arc, but like Marty can tell him that he achieves it, but he still has to go through it. He gets the confidence of knowing that he can do it, but he still has to like make himself believe that he can do it by actually yeah. doing it. Because Marty does prove it to him. He was like, when right. he says um, that, that great scene when he goes, oh, I, um, I have enough pranks for one day. Uh, yeah. Future boy and closes the door. He was boy. like, yeah, yeah. Good night, future boy. It was like that, that bruise, that bruise in your head. I know you got it. You were standing on the bathroom, uh, on the, uh, in your bathroom, hanging up a clock and you busted your head. And that's where you came up with the idea of the flux capacitor. He opens the door. They go to the time machine. He goes, I did it. That works. And he goes, we got to get you home. And then when he tells him, you know, oh, we just need uh, some little plutonium. He goes, 1.21 gigawatts, 1.21 gigawatts. How can I be so clearless? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just can't believe it. He's still like, I'm sorry, but... I, I, Marty, but I think you're stuck here, you know, and he's just, he's still, yeah. he still doesn't have the confidence in him to be like, I, you know, it's impossible to do. Yeah. You, you need a bolt of lightning. 
What'd you say? What? Walter Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the joke now everybody makes is that it's a movie about a dude who tries to fuck his mom, but yeah. I mean, yes, it is, and it is funny when you realize that, but like, um, yeah, I, but is it? It's it, it really like that. Like I never even watching that movie. No. I, it was never got the sense of like it's too ridiculous or it's too overt. Where it's just like, dude, she really wants to. It's not like an yeah. '80s comedy in the sense where it's like Porky's or yeah. American Pie, where it's like, oh man, his mom wants to have sex with him. Ah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so, like, but it is awkward but, and it's part of it. But it's I don't know. It's just I feel like it was is kind of like in the background. Yeah, and it's. uh yeah, it's it's weird, but it's it's funny and it's dealt with funny and dealt with in like a lighthearted manner. It's not like mm-hmm. Werner Herzog or anything like serious yeah. meditation on Freudian. It's not dreams. old boy. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not like a, but it is. Um, it's such a funny idea, and like it when I saw the DVD extras when it first came to DVD because mm-hmm. I'd never seen any of that stuff before, like finding out about like the story behind the movie and like how hard it was to make and everything and all mm-hmm. the backstage craziness, the Eric Stoltz of it all. Yeah. Um, I remember Bob Gale in the documentary, Bob Gale says he went home for Thanksgiving and then went into his parents' attic, mm-hmm. looked into some boxes and saw his dad's um, yearbook yearbook. And his dad was like, class president or something yeah he was class president and he said basically like he had the question of like if i could if i went back to high school would i hang out with my dad like would me and my dad be friends yeah and then that's like what got the ball rolling on the idea for back to the future and i'm like i love i love movies that have questions not messages like questions or interesting messages are just like stupid like Messaged movies are like every movie that came out during the Iraq war where it's yeah. just like war, man, it's bad. You're like, all right, that's a message movie. Stop the war. Okay. All right. We got you. But like question movies are like that and like memento where it's like, can you trust your own memory? Like what is, how much of our memory is influenced by the things we want versus mm-hmm. the things like we objectively that are objectively truthful that kind of stuff um you know my favorite movies are like that always but um it was one of the first times that i thought about that in terms of like screenwriting this that that that's the best way to approach a movie it's because it's if you're coming if you're trying to come up with a movie it's like that's a good place to, a question is always a good place to start right because it engages your curiosity and you'll you'll keep chasing that curiosity and keep chasing that question. And I mean, the beautiful thing is you don't have to find an answer, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, but you can maybe develop a story from possible answers. Yeah. Or in the pursuit of answering the question, the pursuit of answers. And like, you can give like three, here are three possible answers, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to leave it open-ended and let you decide. And then that, I think that becomes even more satisfying where it's like, it could be this, it could be this, or it could be this, who knows? Mm. but it's a brilliant script and it's one of these like one of the best Hollywood movies to have to you know also to be saying something but not it's not like a grandiose like this movie is about life and what it means to human existence no it's Mm. like 
No, it's a movie about what it's like to be. Sometimes I could be an American kid and it deals with family and like. No, I mean a lot of it deals with just being a teenager. Honestly, mm-hmm. Marty McFly is a teenager, and then he gets the perspective of a teenager by seeing his parents as teenagers and mm-hmm. learns learns about them and learns like you know about himself too and where he came from mm-hmm. and about like the problems that he goes through are not unique in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when he wants to do his music and goes, I don't know, Jennifer, what if I, you know, turn in my demo tape, I can't reject it. I don't think I can handle that type of rejection. He goes, you sound like you're starting to sound like your father, you know, and the same thing, his office, George McFly is an artist. He writes, Oh, he goes, science fiction stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Creatures from out of space. He goes, get out of town. I didn't know you do anything creative. He was like, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Let me read some. Oh, I, don't, I couldn't do that. I don't know. What if you don't like them? I, I don't think I'd be able to handle that type of rejection. I don't think you yeah. understand. You know, it's like, yeah, gets it. Yeah. 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 So then the father and son can relate on a completely different level because now the son knows exactly what the father went through and that he's going through the same thing. It's not. Yeah. It's a, and it's also maybe give him motivation to pursue his music because he can see. Yeah. Like his, I mean, obviously in that original timeline, his father never did. So, um, um, you know, he can look at that and, 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 um, and give him inspiration, which makes weirder. It makes even now with that consideration, it makes it weirder that Marty in 2015 never, well, I guess the excuse or the reason is because he got into a car accident. Like he never pursued mm-hmm. his music. So he got into a car accident and then thus, you know, everything went to shit, you know? Yeah. I'm looking at notes and like little tidbits and f- movie fun facts, basically. Um, so according to Bob Gale, Johnny Depp auditioned for the role of Marty McFly. I looked through the notes and I said, geez, I don't even remember that we read Johnny Depp. So whatever he did, it wasn't all that memorable, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, have you ever seen any of the F- Eric uh, Eric Stoltz footage? I have. I mean, yeah. I've seen like pictures, I guess, but not like. So, okay, so here's my question: What's the real story? Like the story they tell was that he just wasn't that funny. Mm. Like it just needed to be funny. And then there's like the entourage story, the real story of like, you know what I mean? Like the real story is he was high all the time. And oh, I never heard of that. No, 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 no. I'm, this is me. This oh. is me making something up. Oh, okay, gotcha. This is me making something up because in Hollywood, like, if someone's a problem and they get fired off a set, they're just like, oh, they, you know, they had to leave due to exhaustion or whatever yeah. it is. So like, you know, they there's a cover story, right? Right. Um. So. I wonder if that's exactly what it was or, I mean, with enough time, it, it's been enough time that if whatever the real story is, it's probably out by now. Yeah. And it's interesting that Eric Stoltz hasn't said anything or I don't know, maybe yeah. I haven't came across the, the, the footage or anything of uh, the interview, but I've seen a couple, a bit of the footage and you can tell, and it's two things. It may, I don't know if it's because I'm, <clears throat> I'm so used to, the movie and how um, Michael J. Fox pro- uh, portrays the character. 
Mm-hmm. But there is something lacking. He just seems kind of dull in the role. And yeah. that's when I saw the footage, I was like, okay, I get it. He's just not that great in the in the yeah. movie. So, But at the same time, it's kind of like, is there anything really um, characteristic of Marty McFly, especially in that first movie? Because I'm watching all three of them, particularly number two. Um, but Doc Brown, Christopher Lloyd is that dude. He like carries the movie, you know, he, and he has so much dialogue where you believe him. You like all that really mumbo jumbo. We need 1.21 gigawatts to do this. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't do that, Marty, you know, you, you know, um, uh, um, I like the scene where he's in, in back to the future too. He's great acting when he's explaining the alternate he's like we can't because from this point we have to go to this reality yeah. and that yeah like he's yeah like he yeah he's 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 fully into it whereas marty you're kind of like he could have been any you know he's not like that well apparently it couldn't have been anybody yeah i guess yeah i guess i mean the thing is michael j fox has a lot of charisma yeah and he brings you know, the, the one thing about Marty McFly is he's fucking cool as shit. Like, I don't know anybody who watches that movie and doesn't go like, that's the coolest person in the world. Mm. Um, yeah, it's weird because he's also kind of a loser, like a little bit. Like, Yeah. I he's know, just he's, kind of a, like, a, uh, what's the word? Yeah, like, like he, as Strickland says, a slacker. He shows up to work late. I mean, yeah. uh, shows up to school late. I don't. It doesn't. It just apparently. It doesn't seem like he has a job or any of any kind. Yeah. He doesn't have a car. He's skitching on. Yeah. You know, on trucks. Um, he's he has a girlfriend who, who um, obviously loves him. But I, lo- I like the scene when she. He's like, I'm going to be at my dad's, and and uh, Jennifer's. Um, Father shows up in a station wagon and goes, and Jennifer. Yeah, it's like, dude, man, what the fuck? Jennifer. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Jennifer. Like, I got just go. barking at her. I know. I mean, and, yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't do well in the band. Um, he doesn't have any other friends. No, like yeah. Maybe, but like, even they, they don't even talk to him afterwards. They just, yeah, like, yeah. he just like drops his guitar and goes, talks to Jennifer. Yeah. Like, they don't even like, I mean, you, you how uh, how much of of a it doesn't seem like he's really popular because how popular is he? Who knows? Maybe he is a Ferris Bueller type, but he is hanging out with Doc. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, like as John Mulaney puts it, his friend, his best friend, is a disgraced nuclear physicist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like really is bananas. Um. Yeah, I. There's got to be some kind of story about how those two met, but uh, there is. Like, There's, I've seen like, some fan fiction and I've read something, and I just but the thing about I, I can explain it, but it do, I think it's just better off not to be explained because it's just like yeah. it makes sense. Like teenager, mad scientist. It's like even it, it makes that, <laughs> oh, it just it just it just makes those archetypes make it just make. I, I never questioned it when I was a kid. Yeah, it was just like yeah, they're. And like, even if you watch it for the movie, it's like, okay, he's a teenager and he uses, or Doc lets him use his equipment for his music, like the amps and stuff. And that's how probably they're generating interest. And, you know, Marty doesn't seem like that super popular. And then in return, you know, Doc asks Marty to feed Einstein here and there and, you know, do some little um, um, errands for him or, or whatnot. 
and that's and that's how uh, this is much uh, when i was uh, when i watched that movie i'm like that's that's all i need like they're 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 buddies you know yeah. um and apparently everyone knows because even strickland is like you've been hanging out at that doc's house this morning or whatever the, yeah. you know um so i just i don't need too much more exposition to understand why they're hanging out i've read some fan fiction and and it makes sense like i don't know you want me to tell you but like it's basically when marty was like a little kid doc was like the old man that's old doc brown's house so all these kids were like throwing rocks at his house and shit and (laughs) he comes out and marty's like hey man that's not cool or and they say well you know this is stereotypical why don't you break into his house and steal something to prove that you're cool with us and something and then marty breaks in and he finds out and is like, it's the Macaulay Colton. So Kevin McCallister and the old man Murray situation, Home Alone 1. You know, he's like, oh, yeah. you're not that scary. He goes, actually, yeah, I used to be rich, but my house burnt down and all this shit. And he was like, oh. And then Marty was like, oh, you have an amplifier? And he was like, yeah. He was like, you know, you can plug in your guitar here. And, and, and he was mm-hmm. like, wow. And he goes, yeah, if you want to come by and feed Einstein sometimes, you can feel free to use my amplifier. And then a friendship was made. And that's how it yeah. is. But like, I don't need that, you know? Right, yeah. You know, like you can do that if you want to do, and God, God forbid they ever do like a prequel or uh, they'll probably, I don't know. I hope they never do a reboot, but, um, but they, if they ever did that, they, they'll probably incorporate that origin story into their, into the canon. Yeah. But, um, but well, yeah, it's just not needed. They'll do everything, everything that movie's been criticized about. They'll like overthink it and mm. like all the little weird questions of, they'll like, yeah. try to come up with the answers for yeah. one thing like, is just always oh, how come they don't reckon uh, his parents how come george and lorraine don't recognize marty as their yeah. kid and even if there was a family guy joke i just look yeah. at this hey name three people from like do you remember everyone that you went to high school with yeah okay especially one guy you met for a week a week exactly yeah <laughs> imagine it was yeah. a new kid that was there that went to your high school on your last few months of high school that yeah. was there for a week. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I, I went to at the senior prom, like yeah. the week of, like, <laughs> like you don't pass. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I went, I, I, I used to work jobs in high school and like with kids that got me the job and I work with these cats like for six months and I don't remember their names. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's like, so uh, just put to rest that, that question. So I, I don't really buy that, but yeah, I mean the yeah, it's a it's that, that first one. Yeah, it's a perfect movie. Everything makes sense. Every little tidbit, you know, every little line they say has a reason for it, and it pays off at the end and things. One thing we haven't talked about, which is very important to the Back to the Future trilogy, is mm-hmm. um, um, Tannen. You know, we haven't yeah. talked to. I think the the greatest uh, movie villain of all time. Well, not the not, uh, excuse me. I'm gonna take that back. The greatest movie bully sure. of all time. Sure, he's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing in this, and like everybody's really great. He's Tom amazing. Wilson. Yeah, he's like fantastic, and so good that like he couldn't do anything else. Like, yeah, I mean, he played the coach in Freaks and Geeks, but to the point where they he had to play like the nice coach. Yeah, like, because it, like it would be too weird to have him play a bully or anything yeah <laughs> yeah the greatest like line in back to the future too is when he's leaving his grandma's house i'm going to the dance grandma i'll be back i'll be home when i get home and the kids are, are a bunch back? of kids 
<laughs> There's a bunch of kids and they lose their ball. Biff grabs the ball. Give us our ball back. This is your ball. Give us our ball back. He throws it on the roof. Yeah. You want your ball back? Go get it. <laughs> it's like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing, unnecessary bully. And this yeah. is and it's a great moment because you're just watching it from Marty's point of view and binoculars. Mm-hmm. And you're just like God damn, this is a dick even when no one's watching. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, he's just a fucking asshole. Hey, you know what? Hurt people hurt people. Uh-huh. <laughs> his, uh, his, I mean, I love this scene. My favorite line of his, his reading is um, where he sees old Biff in his car. He's like, get the hell out of my car, old man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because and his reaction is so perfect because he just like, he just got that car fixed. And he's just talking to Lorraine, and then he's just yelling at the mechanic, who's yeah. Roger Rabbit. Yeah, and then right. he walks back, and he's still pissed off about all this stuff. And he walks back to the car after dealing with all these people. There's a fucking old man just sitting in, there in his car, the driver's seat of his car. Like, yeah. So the reaction is probably like, "Get the hell out of my car, old man!" And think about it. What makes it even better? It's like there's no one there. He's acting with nobody. Yeah, I know. Genius. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that dude's amazing. Yeah. And he goes, you want to get that girl? I'm going to help you get that. Yo, yo, who are you, Mr. Lonely Heart? <laughs> Just get yeah. in the car, butthead. Nobody <laughs> calls you call butthead. butthead. Yeah. Call hey, how do you know how to turn that car on? Nobody Only I can switch. Yeah. Only I can switch. And then he gets to the garage. He was like, fuck, I just got the car. He goes, uh, 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 would you shut up about the car? And by the way, how do you know where I live? <laughs> Here's a little... Uh, Tom Wilson, fun fact. Tom Wilson disliked working with Eric Stoltz, finding him a little too serious and aggressive. Before Stoltz was released, they had already filmed the near fight between Marty and Biff in the high school cafeteria. During takes of this scene, Stoltz would push back on Wilson so hard that Wilson got bruises. Although Mm. in real life, Wilson was nothing like the bully that Biff is. He wanted to get his revenge. He had planned to get back at Stoltz by giving him a real punch in the gut during the scene where he pulls Marty out of the car at the dance. Stoltz Mm. was fired before Wilson got the chance. Mm. Wow! Yeah, there's still chance, man. You can still beat that motherfucker <laughs> up. Just see him on the street. Uh, yeah, I seen him the other day, dog. If you wanna, <laughs> I know where he stay. Yeah, where's what's beef? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm just looking at other stuff. Disney was like the film was too risque for them. Yeah, because of that the incest the, thing. Yeah. Eric Stoltz insisted that the cast and crew address him as Marty, even when cameras weren't rolling. He would also wear Marty's wardrobe. You're not Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. I mean, everybody thought they were. Well, he got, did he get nominated for an Oscar or something for mask? Eric Stoltz? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, the movie was like famous. He got nominated for a golden globe for mask. Oh, so he thought, yeah, he thought he He was a shit. He was, yeah. But that weirdly, Mask was 1986. Well, it was 1985, so it was the same year as. Well, they came out in 1986, right? So that yeah. means they already shot it yeah, prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Stoltz insisted the cast and crew. Uh, he would also wear Marty's wardrobe while traveling to and from the set each day. According to Tom Wilson, the only time that method acting Stoltz would break character was when Eric would actively flirt with Leah Thompson between takes. Mm. Mm. So kind of a douche yeah yeah uh, which makes sense when it's in pulp fiction yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that classic that's line i'm like i'm this, like 
What's this? Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry. Vincent the phone's Vegas, ringing? Like, yeah, the phone's ringing. And then he's like, I can hear it. And he's like, I thought you told one of those assholes to never call you. He's like, I did tell them. And that's what I'm going to tell this fucking asshole right now. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear that line, that I hear that. And I'm like, that's very Quentin Tarantino. Because I, yeah. I can hear his cadence in, in that. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And he does that. There was another... Oh, I can't, it can't, it doesn't come to me now. There's another line somewhere in those movies where it's just like, uh, where it's a pause right before and he goes, yeah, I'm going to do that right now, like that. And I was just like, that's very, it's just, it sounds like the way Quentin Tarantino talks. And you probably directed him to say, you need to say yeah. exactly like this. So, yeah, the one where I hear his voice the most, and it's weird because you can always hear his voice, but the one that is so distinct is in um, Death Proof. Mm. everybody sounds like Quentin in that movie, <laughs> like uh, mm. jungle Julia and uh, everybody, everybody's doing their dialogue, but I love yeah. that movie. I mean, I love, especially that first half of that movie. Um, but those, what's her name? Sydney Poitier. Yeah. Sydney, Sydney Poitier's daughter is also named Sydney. Poitier. Sydney Poitier yeah. She's amazing in that movie. She's yeah. fantastic. Like she's so good. And I'm like, I watched it and I'm just like, um, I was like, how come? Like, I don't. How come I never saw her or anything else? Hmm. Uh, I think she's she's in. like, but she's like the star of that movie, and like she steals those scenes, in my opinion. And even Vanessa Ferlita, like they have good yeah, chemistry cool. too. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I I guess the movie wasn't successful in that way, but like, still, it's like. Yeah, but Sydney Poitier, her dad's a famous as Hollywood royalty, so you figured like she would have yeah. been into other stuff. I mean, she's been in other stuff. That was a Knight Rider movie. Apparently, it kind of comes yeah. to to mind. But it doesn't. It, it, it could be one of these things where it's just like, you know, she knows her father's legacy and doesn't want wants to make it on her own. Or I don't know who. I mean, who, you know, like it, it, it could be anything. But she, I mean, she's in stuff. She's last film was 2017 and. She's yeah. in a TV show, um, um, Carter, and she was in Chicago PD, Hawaii Five O. So maybe she's just happy just doing, you know, TV stuff. So yeah. Um, and Another- then with Vanessa, I remember she was in a bunch of stuff. I think her and Tarantino dated for a bit. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm really? talking high school. I have a photo of Tarantino, her. And uh, because I recognize Tarantino and her, but they're at a Kanye West concert. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and it's pl- it's like visible. They're they're there, like they're in watching. They're like front row at a at a Kanye West concert. But uh, Vanessa, uh, she was in uh, Spider Man Two, Twenty Fifth Hour. Remember her I being in? Remember her? I always notice her in um, what's it called in Spider Man Two. Yeah, what, what, I forget. Was she like uh, working at the Daily Bugle or something or? Uh, yeah. I uh, know she's uh, an actress in uh, Kirsten Dunn's show, Mary Jane. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I just remember that. She always just because I, I, I always think she's um, she has such a great voice and the great accent, and she's very pretty and uh, very. She just stands out a lot. Yeah, and kind of wish she was used more and stuff. To, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, it's so weird. I think Quentin just like kind of figures out how to write for people and then he knows how to use them. And then everybody else go like, once they come out, like, like Christoph Waltz, Mm -hmm. he's, he's best in Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah. He's like, 
better than any other actor in Quentin Tarantino movies. But in every other, everybody's everybody else is like, like what's a good performance from him other than the the two Tarantino and Glorious right? Bastards and Django, right? Right. Like, yeah, what's I saw he was in uh, what's it called the Seth Rogen movie? Um, fucking Green Hornet. Yeah, he was in he was in Green Hornet. He's the bad guy in Green, Green Hornet, Hornet yeah. I'm pretty sure. And he was terrible in that movie, man. Yeah. Oh, he was also in James Bond. He was fun in James Bond. Like it's Yeah, but yeah, the thing with the, my problem is with that that arc of that James Bond is I just don't like when it was just like, "Oh, Bond, I am your brother." <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, we I've seen it I, I think I told you about it. I've just seen it so many times that trope where it's like the villain is con- it's related to the bad guy in some way, you know? Um, excuse yeah. me, the villain is related to the good guy in some way. So in that movie, or I saw in that, is it Cruella with the Emma Stone? Like she's related to um, the big villain in that movie played by, I think it's Emma, Emma. Um, Thompson? Thompson, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's related to her in that movie. And there was just like a, just a bunch of them where they're just like, oh, I'm actually, oh, the most famous one is obviously Vader and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But you've seen it so many times and it's like, well, that's supposed to, it, it, it creates drama because now they have to, you know, have to defeat a, yeah. a freaking um, How relative. How do you fight your relative that yes. you just found out is your relative? Oh, like, no. Yeah. As I was going to do right before yeah, but uh, Vanessa uh, Ferletto, Ferlito, excuse me. I mean, she's in um, NCIS. So once you get in one of those yeah. shows, man, you know, it's just it's, that's a that's a steady paycheck, you know. So yeah, that's really what you. I think that's what you, as an actor, just getting on a, one of those shows and just being there for a while. It's like just do that, mm-hmm. just make your money and enjoy. Um, yeah, wait for wait for syndication and. Boom, boom. Yeah. Um, seeing if there's any other Back to the Future notes. Uh, anything, any other thoughts that you have about Back to the Future? Um, the mm, I mean, I, can, I, I mean, we can, I can go on and on about it because there's just so much mm-hmm. uh, about it that I can talk, uh, talk about. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's such a crazy classic movie. And, I, I think it's fair to say probably the most the two most successful people out of that who had, had you know more of a career out of it Michael J Fox because he went on to do other movies Frighteners or Doc Hollywood and even Spin City before you know his illness really took over and he still works um, yeah. and Robert Zemeckis and then everyone yeah. else kind of I mean Christopher Lloyd too I mean he was he, he he's had a good career too. Let's, yeah. I'm not going to front. He has a, I mean, because everyone kind of thinks about him and Doc Brown as Doc Brown, but he was in Clue, he was in Taxi, mm-hmm. um, he was in Roger Rabbit. Um, Clue you know, Nest. say again, yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a classic movie. Um, I think I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the season two of The Mandalorian um, coming out. Is that soon. right? Yeah. Uh, so he's going to be in the Star Wars universe. I mean, he was in the Page Master, Anastasia. Um, you know, he's just, he's been, he's been in, working. Yeah. He's been working and I follow him. Um, Dennis the menace. Yes. Dennis the menace. How, how can you forget? <laughs> With you Leah know? Thompson. Oh yeah. She plays the mom. Doesn't she? Yeah, she does. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like and he, yeah, and he, he still works. I, mean, I follow him on Instagram too. So and yeah. he does a lot more. It looks like he's doing a lot more, um, like uh, appearances and and you know, um, uh, comic cons and and this and this kind of and this kind of stuff. And he does theater. He's in. He's doing a, a, a production of King Lear right now. So, um. Yeah, he's doing he's doing uh, a, a, a lot of shit, which is good. Um, but um, yeah, it just you know uh, the other cats, like especially like someone like Bob Gale. Like I always go through his um, credits, and it's just it's typically a lot of Back to the Future related stuff. Like he'll do he'll write for the ride, you know, or yeah. or uh, maybe a comic book here and there. Um, yeah, he's probably mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, I. I made my back to the future money and it keeps coming in. So I don't really, I don't know. Like what did he do after back to the future? He must've like done something, right? Yeah. He he, have, I saw there was a, a, um, a movie that I saw. Blood. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. I saw that. Yeah. Um, but there was Trust a movie that, um, a movie that I saw and I was just like, really? He did that. And then he, I think there was a, he did some kind of erotic thriller. So weird. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it was just amazing, like amazing stories of Steven Spielberg. I mean, it seems yeah, like but that's also like Spielberg. a Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that's always yeah. like, yeah, it was Bordello Blood that I was thinking about. He did the story for Bordello Blood, and I was just that was Trespass. I was like, oh, okay, this looks like a movie we talk about. Trespass with Bill Paxton, Ice T, William. Sadler, oh yeah, Ice Cube. Yes, Walter, the way I Walter think Hill they mentioned that. Yeah, I think I mentioned that to you because I remember one of the lines out of it. Oh. It's just. You know what were we talking? We were talking about the other day about I was uh, the Cohen brothers writing for black characters and how kind of yeah. stereotypical they are. And I saw a line from this movie where Ice T says something, and I'm just like, "Oh, brother!" Like, yeah, you know, he's just like basically talking jive or some shit. Yeah, written by Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, Trespass, 1992, directed by Walter Hill of The Warriors. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, no, you are not wrong. Um. Wow, interesting. 1992's Trespass. Might need to watch that. Bordello Blood did the story. Interstate 60 episodes of The Road. And that's kind of it. It's all Back to the Future stuff. Yeah. Until, no, the angry video game nerd, but I don't even know if that's him. It says written by, so and it came out yeah. uh, last year. But I don't know what that is. He directed look- a movie with James Marsden and Gary Oldman and Kurt Russell called oh. Get Off on Interstate 60. Neil Oliver, a very confused young man and artist, takes a journey of a lifetime on a highway I-60 that doesn't exist on any of the maps, going to the places he never even heard of, searching for an answer and his dream. Oh, world. Christopher Lloyd's in it too. Is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Michael J. And Fox. Michael J. Fox. All right, <laughs> you might have to watch this. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> in 2002... Weird. And Amy Smart. Oh, that's uh you know that's 2002 yeah, you and know Amy that's Smart. 2002 and it's Amy Smart, yeah. Wow. Love Amy Smart. That's funny. But um so anyway, yeah. Uh Do you have anything to say about it? What do you think? Like uh, Man, it's just really- like it's uh you know, when movies give us memories and I've had so many memories of watching this movie. I remember watching, I remember when you got the, the DVD, not the Blu-ray, the DVD, when it first came out on DVD, the trilogy, Yeah, it was like Christmas night. And we started watching it. 
because we, I even to that point, I think we still had watched like the VHS, had the VHS copy, the yeah. same ABC Saturday Night VHS copy. Um, oh, so I have yeah. a gosh question. Do have yeah. you ever watched it in the theaters? Never. Have yeah, you? I've seen it. Yeah, and they did oh, a re-release wow. here in uh, maybe like three years ago at this cinema in town called um, the Thornberry Picture House, which is like it's pretty. It's a it's like more of a screening room. It's really actually dope. I think there's like twenty seats. Yeah, and um, I and they did they did Back to the Future. They do like they do re-releases. Like they'll bring back old movies, and but and it was literally like five minutes away from my house, so yeah. I you know just walked down there and. Um, that somebody owned a DeLorean, so they brought it out for promotion and just kind of show it off and stuff. And I saw it in, in in theaters, so it's it's an awesome. I mean, if anyone out there, I highly highly suggest to watch it in on the big screen too, because just everything when you watch it on the big screen, the music's playing. Dun, 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 it's it's it. I mean, man, it just gives gives you goosebumps, man. It's like, it's like yeah. it's a, and I've seen it a million times, but it still gives you goosebumps, you know? Sure, of course. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those goosebumps movies. I mean, that last sequence in the first one is, gives me like, like you said, gives me goosebumps. And that second and the scene in the tunnel, um, where in the second one, yeah, in the second one where Marty's mm. basically trying to outrun the car. Yeah, that's a great sequence. It's like yeah. really well done. Like the tension of it is really well done when he finally gets in that long sequence, that long tunnel, and you can see him. You see him like really. It's like a long shot, and you see. Yeah. Him, Biff how is far like, he has to go car. yeah yeah you see how far he has to go and you see how far biff is and he's just toying with him mm-hmm. and like letting him you know sink or whatever yeah and then you don't know how this is like you're like there's no way out of this there's yeah. no way out of it. he's gonna get run over and then because the, remember uh, it's just a hoverboard it doesn't it's like yeah. it's not like a mechanic uh, like a electric where you can power it up it's like it's literally just a skateboard yeah so he's just then, going on his own momentum yeah, and then Doc drops the banner down. All the comes out of nowhere and yeah, raises up. And then he gets hit by the manure again, which I yeah. think is probably the same manure that they removed from his car earlier in the film. Yeah, probably, probably maybe even <laughs> transferred. You know. Yeah, yeah, and then Back to the Future Three is like I have, you know what? I might have to watch that tonight. I was yeah. I, I, I say go back to it and just kind of see for like what it is and think yeah. about it as a, as a whole, um, like yeah. the little stuff there, you know, run for fun. What kind of fun is that? <laughs> what kind of hell fun is that? I didn't, um, okay. Oh, here's the one thing about back to the future thing. I know ne- as a kid, I never understood the, the, the alcohol joke, the whiskey joke Yeah, where, where doc has just been nursing this one, uh, shot. shot of he's like yeah he goes to the bartender he's like how many has he had he's like yeah, none he's like he's been yeah. holding that that whole time yeah and then he, takes he just likes to hold it <laughs> <laughs> i like that line yeah how many has he had none that's his first one yeah man he just likes to hold it and then he finally takes the shot well gentlemen salute or whatever he says and yeah he, he takes the shot and i got a train to catch falls asleep yeah just gets knocked out yeah. And then I was like, what are they trying to do when they're awake? Like the, the concept of like alcohol, like I didn't understand what alcohol does to you. Mm. So I just like, I didn't even get it. Like even Roger Rabbit, when he takes a shot, I was like, yeah, I don't know. What is that juice that he's drinking? Like, it's yeah, just, I see. Yeah. <laughs> like, but now think about it, but is, I, I always read it too. Like it's the wild west. So it's probably like the worst type of alcohol ever to it's drink. It's like, yeah, it's basically gasoline. Yeah. That's what I thought. Cause it was like, there's, how is he knocked out? Either that or, uh, Doc doesn't drink. He probably yeah. doesn't drink because 
when he goes to the bar initially, good. after he breaks up with Clara, it goes, it goes, Emmett, I wouldn't expect you to come in. I don't expect you to yeah. see you in here. And he goes, I need it. He goes, uh, give me a shot of whiskey. And he goes, Emmett, are you know what happened to you on the 4th of July? You know, like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's great. Great setup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just like, he goes, yeah. And, and that's what it is. Like, it's just like doc doesn't drink. And maybe it, I don't think they explain it, but that would have been like a good, you know, a little thing they could have set up before he goes, I never drink. I just, I can't handle my whiskey, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever you need to say. Yeah, exactly. But then he passes down. It was like, yeah, he goes, they need to get the, the wake up juice, you know, <laughs> wake up juice. Yeah. Um, and then oh, you're mad dog tannin and everyone like backs away. <gasps> and stuff. He goes, I- mad dog. I hate that name. Nobody calls me bad dog. Not especially some yellow sucking, egg sucking gutter trash. Dance! <laughs> he starts, but then he starts dancing. He starts doing the moonwalk and they're like, what the yeah, fuck is going what? on? And, and he's, he, a, he, he's, he's like, he's, he's uh, like low key singing. Thinking, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Michael he Jackson. Was- you can kind of, he's like, he's Billy James. <laughs> and he goes, woo! And he hits the thing. Uh, yeah, this platoon, this platoon yeah. is everywhere. Yeah, it's. Uh, Did you know when they, and then he runs out and they hang him out there? Yeah. On that what clock tower? Him? Marty, uh, Michael J. Fox really passed out because he, he, oh, yeah. Yeah, they hung him for real. He was like passing out. He was like, dude, I'm, I'm really fucking yeah. dying. And it was like, they had to, because right. you can see, now you great. see it. Like his face is purple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And I noticed, I noticed that and w- just watching movies and, um, I, I just got a copy of, um, a bunch of James Bond movies. I got the Timothy Dalton, uh, the living daylights and some yeah. other Roger Moore stuff. And I listened to the, the, the director's commentary. And there was a scene in that movie where something happened where they're doing an action sequence and he almost, gets really hurt and and it's the same thing like the DiCaprio thing in Django right um, and you sent me a funny meme last week uh, that was yeah. hilarious but it turns out anytime an actor almost gets killed on camera but they don't it seems like directors just leave it in yeah <laughs> because they're, they're like, just like well, oh that's great <laughs> yeah well it's also like you might as well now like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like because they got the shot yeah we got yeah. it like it yeah. looks good now um, yeah, but it's also another thing with Michael J and how much he put his body on the line because after they they fired uh, Eric Stoltz and they got Michael J, you know, he was doing Family Ties family during ties, the day yeah. and then he would shoot Back to the Future at night. So he like got mm-hmm. three hours of sleep, you know, during that time and he was just really grueling and stuff like that. And I, I mean, it's, I, I, oh, I think about that. And I was like, God, I hope that wasn't, that grueling schedule wasn't what, what caused it. Yeah. I mean, no, they, yeah. that doesn't cause Parkinson's. Yeah, I know. But I always think about that. Like, I'm like, oh man, if that later, you know, left to later led to like health issues later in his life, I was like, fuck man. He told something on, on Howard Stern one time where he was like, he was at a place, he was working somewhere and three, like he found out later that three people at that place got Parkinson's. And and then Howard was like, do you think it's like something in the air there? Like some asbestos or whatever it was. Yeah. He's just like shy. He's like, no, 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 no way. I'm like, bro, what? (laughs) Like, why bring it up then? Yeah. (laughs) Weird as fuck, dude. Um, yeah, it was a weird, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that exists somewhere. That audio has to exist. Cause I was like, that always tripped me out. Like that is the weirdest thing to say. Hmm. Um, but going back to the bartender and I just want to give a shout out to like 
whoever casted Back to the Future 3, which I guess mm-hmm. is Back to the Future 2 as well. But like the dude, the bartender's great. And the person who plays um, the Undertaker, the who starts measuring. Oh, yeah. Marty, it's like yeah. he just says the perfect voice. Doing measurements? Yes. Mm-hmm. I like hey, bud, I don't want to. I don't want to suit. It's not for your suit. It's actually. What do you say? This is for your, for your coffin. coffin? Is that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the the odds Have are two to day. one. Have a good yeah. day. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Amazing. Such a fucking. Hey, cool. Mister, Mister, you've got your gun. Keep it, kid. <laughs> Keep it. <laughs> Keep the gun. Yeah, that was this. Oh, it's this. Uh, it's gun belt. I think. No, was it that? Mm-hmm. Or, no, what, he I gives, remember. He gives something to a kid every single movie, doesn't he? Keep it. He gives a kid. The first kid a skateboard. He creates. Yeah, a skateboard. he gives a kid first skateboard. The second one's a hoverboard. hoverboard and the, the third second, one's a gun belt. No, actually, I. Th- he, no, he oh, gives he the gun belt to, to Seamus. Seamus, yeah. He goes, keep it. It's never been used. He was like, maybe I'll trade it for a new hat. <laughs> and and take care of that baby. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Did you know in Back to the Future 3, that's Christopher Lloyd's first on-screen kiss? It makes sense. I mean, yeah. Who's right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's writing anybody for him to kiss? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He's just, uh, it was like, it's funny. He's like, he just never got the chance to be like, you know, a romantic interest. And that was the first time he kissed on screen, on screen kiss. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Really? Okay. All right. Sure. So interesting. Cause he always, I guess a lot of, a lot of times in his career, he always played kind of a wacky kind of character or, you know. Yeah. 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 There's no, yeah, he probably wasn't expecting that. Wasn't looking to see that uh, coming down his, coming down the pipe for him anytime. Yeah. But and which is good. That's why I do appreciate Back to the Future 3 because it is, you know, it's Christopher Lloyd's film, you know, and he's the one dealing with, Doc Emma Brown is the one dealing with the dilemma, you know, like he, he, like he says in part two, he's like, I'm going to destroy the time machine. And then when it's, on him when he falls in love, he's just like, Oh, I'm going to stay here. It's like, doc, you don't, but it's weird because he's just like, uh, Marty says, you're going to stay here. He's like, you don't belong here, but he was going to live there anyway, mm. you know, initially. So it, yeah, but it's just the thing that he's, he's destined to be shot. If he continues to stay there, that's what right. essentially is. One thing might, one of my favorite parts in the end of back to the future three is when the do, uh, the, the car gets electrified and, Doc travels to 1885 and he's and Marty's sitting out there and the guy from Western Union comes up and goes, you Marty McFly. Yeah. Oh, that's the greatest scene yeah. ever. I got something for you. And then he pulls that it's in. A it's a letter. A letter. A letter, a letter, a letter for, for me? me? That's yeah. impossible. Who the hell are you? Western, Western Union. Union. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> us would like you could shed some light on the subject. We had that letter in our position for the last, what? like hundred years. 70 years. You yeah, say 70, 70 years? Uh, seven years, four months, three days, and three days to be exact. Yeah. Here, sign here. Yeah, sign here. Uh, yeah, sign here. We, we had a, uh, we had a, a, little, a little bet, bet going. going at the office if you'd actually be here or not. Looks like I lost. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's from the doc. Marty, see, I've been in, 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 19, in, 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 in the year 1985. He say? He's like, see, see, this letter was gives it with these specific instructions to yeah. be this exact moment at this exact minute answer to a young man named Marty I mean, McFly. your scripture named Marty McFly. Yeah. And then uh, I guess then he says, I, 
Yeah, we're actually having a bet with Marty will actually be here. Looks like I lost. Ha <laughs> ha. I was hoping you could shine some light on the situation. Why would they send him if he's betting that he, Marty was not going to be there? Yeah. That doesn't make sense because he could have just thrown the letter in the in the river or something and then came back and been like, "No, nah, he the wasn't bet there." Worth that much? How <laughs> 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 much is? Yeah, I guess I gambling like, debts. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like what? That doesn't make sense. Like I would bring two people, I guess, right? Like to just to yeah. confirm. Or like just to, if that thing's been in your office for 70 years, wouldn't you be like, yo, I want to go too. This is going to be like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Just go check it out. Or maybe, I don't know, like when I were speculating, because nobody, maybe nobody cares how long has somebody been working there and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's like, at that point, shouldn't the supervisor, I guess maybe who knows what his role is, but maybe, you know, like somebody important should be delivering that letter or at least somebody with... I don't know. Two people should just to confirm that shit, you know? And yeah. if you had two people, maybe the scene would have been a little more um, intimidating because you see these two guys coming out, you know, and confronting him. Uh, who knows? Because yeah. when I watched that when I was a kid, I was like, I never really got it because it's supposed to be on some gangster shit, like some random dude comes out yeah. and it's just like, and the way he pulls out the letter, it looks like it could be a He's gun of some gun. sort. Yeah. He almost but looks like a future cop or something like yeah, like when I think about it now, it's like he, he could have been like some cop from the future going like you've altered the time, you've broken time the time laws. It, it should have been it should have been Jean Claude come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, and that classic line: "Who are you? I'm whatever." It's Stry- John Striker. I'm Tim Cop. <laughs> Gives him a high kick <laughs> to the head. Yeah. So, but then it's great. He goes, you know, it's the doc. He was like, "Kid, you need any help? What's going on? Do you need any help?" The doc. The doc's alive. He's in the old west, the but, old he's west alive. but he's alive. He's alive. Kid, Dude, what, what are you gonna do? Do you need any help? There's only one man that can help me now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And then he Amazing. sends him back to the future, 18, uh, 1985. He pops around the corner. Doc, doc. Ah, it can't be you. I just sent you back to the nineteen eighty. To I just sent you back to the future. <laughs> I know, but I'm back. I'm back from the future. Great, Scott. Scott. He passes out. Wonderful. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Such a good movie, man. Yeah. And like the was- time, the perfect timing, he pops out of that corner, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's awesome, man. It's awesome. You know what? I the only thing I don't like, which is weird, is that now that I have the Blu-ray, when you Yeah, I know what you're talking about. When you when he goes next time. Yeah, it does the commercial. Oh, back to the future. The yeah. trailer for Back to the Future yeah. 3. I'm like, no, I don't want to see that. Like yeah, yeah. let the ending be the ending for yeah, me. Yeah. This is like such a good cliffhanger ending. Don't just yeah. immediately tell me it's going to be resolved within the yeah. first. Yeah. I mean, the th- and, and they show you stuff, how it's going to yeah. be resolved too. Right. Yeah. And, and, and because, because they did that initially in the first initial run, the theatrical run, because, you know, they yeah. shot it. And, you know, I don't think it's ever been done really like them when they shot two movies. So they, were, they didn't want to take the gamble. Yeah. Right. So they wanted to show people audiences that there was another one was coming out, and that was how they left it for a bit. But I think on some of the newer uh, Blu-rays and DVDs, they leave it out, so yeah, it's not in there. But yeah, it always was a bummer for me because it was just like it doesn't leave the audience leave it. You know, it's just like all right, well then, oh, the next one's coming out. You know, it's just kind of oh well, you don't leave the audience with like that moment of like, fuck, okay, what's going to happen yeah, next? And immediately crazy. they just show you everything like, well, and it might as well have like an announcer or a voiceover go on and all your friends are back. Dark is yeah. back and in the old West and Don't it's worry, fun. Folks. Yeah. And Biff <laughs> Tannen is here and oh, yeah. it's, and they're riding horses and there's a train and there's a romance in the air too. Oh, yeah. look at these new characters. Yeah. 
And by the way, he does get back into 1985 because there's a scene of Marty in his cowboy gear kissing Jennifer. Remember that guy? She was sleeping on the bench. (laughs) So it's kind of like, all right, man. Yeah. You ever notice in Back to the Future 3, the little boy, Jules or Vern, whatever the one, he has to go Mm -hmm. pee and stuff. That's like common knowledge now. He's like pointing to his – I never saw that until – I had somebody on the radio mentioned that, and then now I can't unsee it. See yeah, I know. Yeah, he's pointing to his like dick. He's like my dick. Like I, I gotta pee. <laughs> Once again, why did you leave that in the film? Why don't you just yeah? Di- yeah. You know what? Uh, I was listening to. I guess it was Opie and Anthony where I heard that. Where I that was where I learned about it. And Louis C.K. happened to be on. He's like, you know why that was left in? Because it's the third movie. And they're like, I don't like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, I'm so fucking over this Back to the Future shit. Yeah. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I saw something in a recent interview. I think Bob Gale still has rights to it, and he won't let it um, be touched. You know, mess with. They won't until on the, until he dies. I think it's one of those things where he dies and then seventy years have to pass before they can actually do something. Really? So yeah, I think he. I remember him saying something about that. He was like, they're just really they don't want it to be touched with. So yeah, eh. which is fair, man. Because yeah, I was just thinking like if they did a remake, they'll probably do. I don't know if they do a reboot. This is just my thoughts. They do a gender swap. Marty or the character of Marty is a girl. She travels back in time. And for some reason, like the idea, like she is attracted to her father. Like he, he's like a stud or he's like Zach Efron or something. And she feels weird about it. Cause he's, and he's, he's and the, and the father character is not really like really trying to get at her, but she's just like, wow, my, 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 you know, she says like my dad's hot or something. Right. And then the mother character is kind of a mean girl's Regina. Is it Regina King? Isn't it not Regina King? Regina George. Regina George character where she's just like a mean girl type of thing. And that could work or something. And then, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'll just think about it. Like if they ever did it, there was a rumor that they were going to do a reboot with Tom Holland and RDJ as the respective characters, which, you know, they already done it, the mentor I mean, relationship with them. And you can see RDJ being like a mad scientist, but I don't know, man. Like the the movies that he's been picking lately are just, I don't know, man. Sometimes, really sometimes that um, you hear about stuff like that. And I'm like, that came, that leak came from like the least talented and least imaginative agent in Hollywood like mm-hmm. it somebody leaked that and it's like a studio executive who has just no imagination because they're yeah. like what do we do the thing that already works it's like yeah Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland like we already saw that like why would and like I remember when um what after the dark night someone I read a, a story it was like somebody at Warner Brothers said you know how you top uh Heath Ledger you go Leonardo DiCaprio as the Riddler and somebody, I forgot who, like who Philip Seymour Hoffman is the penguin. Yeah. And I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're dumb. Yeah. Like, yes, they probably would be great, but you're also dumb. Like if that's where you're starting, you're dumb. Like they wrote yeah. a script first and then sent it out to Heath Ledger who nobody really wanted at the time. That's right. Yeah. That would be good. Mm. Not like, Okay, so who's the next biggest star? Like, yeah, you idiot. Who's the next biggest star that kind of looks resembles the, the what worked last time? Yeah, um, and who's that's what it is. I mean, actor. I guess on a practical sense, they're like, what works? So because yeah. they're thinking about it on the money side, like what works. 
let's just do that and we'll be safe and hopefully break even and stuff. But it's just like, well, I don't know. Like, it's kind of, it is boring. So, so yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those are my big thoughts about mm. Back to the Future. I mean, I'm sure it'll come back on this podcast. It's, it's a seminal movie for, seminal trilogy for both of us. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, um, if you got anything you want to plug, go ahead. Um, I'm thinking, yeah, uh, I'm on letterbox. I'm, I'm going to, I've done a little bit of posting reviews, uh, of the movies that I'm watching during the week. Uh, I've been making it a habit to go to cinemas at least once a week. I think to later today, I'm actually going to watch the new Shyamalan. I heard it was actually ah, not bad. We'll see. Wow. Um, but the reviews I'm doing, I just, I just can't be bothered to write these lengthy reviews like I was doing in the past. So I'm yeah. just doing them in haiku form. Okay. So, um, and which is actually uh, challenging because there's a structure to the haiku. So you have to make it, um, you have to follow that structure. And I want to be as concise and um, 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 authentic mm-hmm. in a haiku form. So it's that. Um, and then I am on Twitter. So if anyone listening wants to follow me on Twitter and throw out some movie recommendations and just want to chat about um, movies, films, I'm happy to do so. It's at Dro Esquire, D-R-O underscore E-S-Q. Um, hit me up and um, we can do the damn thing. Ah. Sounds good. You can find me at ChristianDuranComedy.com for all Christian Duran needs. Christian Duran SVP on Instagram. And I am on Letterboxd. Just look up Christian Duran. You'll see what I just saw, which my recent activity looks like this. I saw Babylon and... Um, oh. Oh, yes. The menu, the card counter, Babylon. So uh, anyway, we'll see you guys. Bye-bye. Yes. Fittingly, we'll see you in the future. In the future.